Make a move it, then she'll call him. Forest fires, Google's ballin'. Take a chance and roll the dice one day. If you're a DM player, find you. Millennials can join this quest too. Expedition, we're gonna find a way. In this very special episode of um, Expedition to the Grizzly Peaks, I am greatly honoured and very happy to be doing my first ever interview. And and Joe Joe um, insists it's not an interview, but but he'll he'll realise it is an interview. <laughs> um, he, he thinks it's just going to be a chat, but no, I'm going to I'll be asking some probing questions so anyway. <laughs> Um, Joe um, from the Hindsightless and Wheel and Woe Actual Play Pathfinder 2 podcast has done me the great honor of joining me to this morning um, uh, to, I guess, hang out for a bit and, and talk about all kinds of things. But I think we're mainly going to be talking about actual plays and, and what we do with them, what we think about them. Isn't that right, Joe? I think so. That sounds about right. And the honor, Andy, the honor is all mine, my friend, dude. I I was I was really stoked when you you know when you brought this up the first time I was like hell yeah man that'll be that'll be super fun like I listen to your show I think you're great and so I'm just I'm oh. tickled pink to be here man well, thank you. That's very sweet of you. Um, you know, look, I've only been doing this two months. It seems insane now I'm thinking about it and I'm talking about it to you now. It's mm-hmm. insane. I've only been doing this two months and it's completely consumed all my waking hours. Oh my god. <laughs> Except yeah. for the bits where I'm meant to be working, of course. Yes. <laughs> or looking after my daughter. If, if, yeah. if, if my wife's listening, I do right. actually, you know, when you're <laughs> off doing your stuff, I am looking after her. We're not just recording podcasts. Uh, well, <laughs> Not just, not, not just, just recording. <laughs> the just is very important there. But um, but you must. I mean, you've been doing this what for two, three years now. How, no, how so doing? we're we're going into like our our eighteen our our two year anniversary will be in August. Okay. okay. So like eighteen, nineteen months now. So you know, like the better part of two years. And it, yeah, it's been, it's been crazy. It has also consumed my whole life and I have less responsibilities than you. Well, and so like, I, I, it's very much become a full faceted part of my life. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but, and so it coincided with you picking up Pathfinder two, was it? Or the like yeah, the, the play test or what? Uh, exactly. Exactly. So, you know, we've been playing together, our group, Wheeler Woe, We've been playing together, not as Wheeler Woe, but just as a group of friends playing RPGs together for like uh, five years for some of us, three years for others of us. Like the group has kind of grown a little bit. And so we'd always kind of just tossed around the idea of like recording our sessions. We're like, dude, we're pretty funny. (laughs) It's because we're idiots, right? (laughs) Like we're in it. We would make ourselves laugh. And so we were like, yeah, we always kind of tossed it around. And then when we heard that, because uh, we played a lot of Pathfinder back then, mm-hmm. and we heard that Pathfinder was coming out with their playtest for a second edition. And we were like, if we're going to do it, like now's the time. Let's be on the front Amazing. lines of this, man. And Amazing. so we ended up being 
as far as anything I could tell, because we actually got the book a little bit earlier. We had a dude on the inside who sent Um. us the uh, PDF. Um, But yeah, so as far as I can tell, we were the first actual play homebrew podcast using Pathfinder 2E. There there was a few others that were using the Adventure Path that came out with the uh, play test, but as far as I can see, we were the first ones doing a homebrew with Pathfinder 2, so that was pretty fun. That's amazing. And, you know, um, you know, obviously everyone thinks that they're, they've got the funniest group in the world. And, mm-hmm. um, and you would be like doing a disservice to the world if you didn't share that humor <laughs> and comedy yeah. with the world. But I think in your case, you, you weren't that far off the mark. Your, 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 team, your group are, are great and there's an amazing chemistry there. And you can, t- you can tell that you're all great friends and that you've been playing together for a long, long time as well. Yeah, like it, it. It's been it's been crazy. Like, you know, it's one thing to think your group is funny when you're sitting around the table and everyone's playing, drinking some beers, just feeling fun, and everyone's in a good mood. And then going back and listening to it in the sober light of the next morning, you're like, oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're actually gonna put this out there, huh? Yeah. So, let's see. so, um. Oh god, I got so many questions. Yeah, first man. one, first one I ask is: We all do talk about, you know, we have a funny group, and you know, we have a good laugh, and it's interesting, really. Is is comedy and humor a, a kind of fundamental part of any game, role playing game? Right. It's an like, interesting question to ask. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think Gary ever would have thought that. No. Gary, okay, no. No. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think Dave Arneson was. You know, a super. I don't know. I don't know if he cracked a bunch of jokes, but. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, smarter people than I have thought about that and talked about it. For us, it, it like we get serious every now and then. You know, when the moment calls for it, we're serious. Hmm. But like. When it doesn't, we're, I mean, in our last couple sessions, they're on their way to, like, the frozen Arctic to, like, find this missing baby that might bring around the end of the world and shit. Uh, and then on the boat, they ended up... Oh, that up classic, like, that classic right. storyline that we've <laughs> all used. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, Go well, <laughs> you don't know what happens when an orc has sex with a gnome. It creates oh. crazy super babies, and who knows, but... So they ended up having a, they put on a theatrical play on this ship. Uh-huh. And it's just like, we'll, we're very serious when the moment calls for it. But mm. other than that, man, we're trying to have fun. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, I think the kind of super serious, like po faced fantasy mm-hmm. that, that is kind of like, kind of like a thing isn't it that kind of taking it very seriously yeah um you know if you look at the fantasy uh media that we 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 watch particularly movies and tv it's all very serious really yes. you know, like yes lord of the rings and game of thrones it's de- it's super serious it's like mm-hmm. heavy shit really isn't mm-hmm. it and 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 then when we get around the table it's um you know it's all potty humor right. jokes. <laughs> yep yep <laughs> um which is, you know, and I think it's very hard to maintain like a really serious campaign or, or um, like a tone, you know. Well, and totally. And like, I, I just got finished reading uh, the Time Traveler's Guide to Medieval England, which was a fantastic book. I super highly recommend it. But oh, he has yeah. a whole section on medieval humor, and 
people were busting jokes all the time back then. They were savage and violent and shitty and sexist, but they were cracking jokes all throughout that time. Hell so it's like, yeah. Right. Like, it's human that you can't be serious all the time. Nobody is serious all the time. So why, like, pretend it at the table? I mean, I, I don't want to get pretentious now, but I was, for some weird reason, I was looking up um, – Chaucer. No, I'm about to dive into Chaucer. Yeah, and yeah. he is rude as hell. Mm-hmm. It's all about erections and fucking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's I, people were doing it back then. They're doing it now. Like, yeah, man, I don't know. I'm not trying to take myself or my game too seriously. I don't uh, think that's. I don't think it's good for you. I guess. Um, I guess we've gone explicit now. So um, I'm gonna that, uh, remind me. I need to put the tag. That. <laughs> That's payback. <laughs> but, you know, we did actually say when we were planning this that we wanted to talk about kind of putting it all out there, whatever right. that means, I suppose, yeah. in yeah. every sense. And and I think that, you know, you've said it a few times that doing an actual play, you really are putting it out there. You're kind of putting yourself up there to be judged in a way that you probably aren't if you're doing a, a regular kind of talk podcast. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, like especially with us because we are drinking while we play. So we get, you know, we get loose and we get in the moment and we go for it. And yeah, so far we haven't said anything too stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, I want to riff on that a little bit about humor, Mm -hmm. just a little bit more because, um, you know, I talked about D and D and about how you got these kind of, I guess traditionally it's kind of a serious genre. Right. I think everyone plays it for laughs a bit, you know, not, of course there's big themes that people get into, but if you look at all the big APs, they're all kind of got a lot of humor in them. Yeah. And I think the way everyone plays it naturally tends towards that. I think um, post, um, you know, Monty Python, the Holy Grail, it's impossible not to see the ridiculous, <laughs> inherent ridiculousness of, of the, you know, of the genre. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm grateful that I don't think I've heard a Monty Python um, quote yet in yours. I, is it banned? Are they banned? No, it's not banned. It's okay. not banned. But, um, <laughs> you know, my all my players are like 10 years younger than me. Oh. So, like, a lot of them, I don't know how if they if they're as, you know, inured with the Monty Python tropes as folks of, you know, our age and older. Yeah. When you say our age, I am probably 10, 15 years older than you. So, (laughs) well, once you, once you hit your forties, it's all kind of the same. That's the way I see it. Yeah. 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 Um, So, um, but then the other thing is because I play Call of Cthulhu, I think it's a bit different. Um, Oh yeah. Because, like, I mean, you've listened to my APs, and, and mm-hmm. I, I think um, I've, we've only got up to about the fifth episode, but certainly the last five have been, they've been getting st- not sillier and sillier, but I think we've kind of got into our humor space, and there's a lot more funny stuff to come. Right. Uh, at least I think so. Um, nice. But, but the, of course, the problem with a horror um, uh, horror game is that if it's all laughs, the, the horror do- doesn't, you know, it's going to be a, it's gonna be tough to get that horror vibe going at some point yeah it is i mean i think it's hard to do in general like uh, yeah it cthulhu i love cthulhu but it's it's tough to run man 
Yeah, um, I, I think oh, I don't think mechanic mechanically it's very easy. Yeah, sorry. But, yeah, sorry. But, I did. Yes. Yeah, that was that's no, not no, what no. I meant. But like from a tone perspective, at least for me. No, no, no. I think you're absolutely right. And I've because you know when you put on that kind of voice of 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 the beast, mm-hmm. can't, can't help but think, oh god, this sounds lame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know because we're not voice. I mean, okay, I, I don't know about you and your group, but we're not voice actors. We can't, no, we can't simulate that kind of. It, you know, it takes a lot of skill, I think, to create a scary voice or a scary character in some way because how you can't really scare people sitting around your table in the middle of a sunday afternoon you know bright sunlight (laughs) it just doesn't work right it's tough so so um but you know there are moments when i try and i think that what i think is an interesting thing to do is to use the humor as a kind of contrast or a counterpoint Mm -hmm. Like mm-hmm. you suddenly veer into something pretty horrible. And I think that can sometimes work, you know, when you use that real contrast. Yeah, I, I think that's important. Like it's that juxtaposition, you know, the, the con, like you said, the contrast between the two that, that it just, it's like adding salt, like a little pinch of salt to sweet desserts. It just, it, it magnifies the humor, magnifies the horror. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think having listened to your players, uh, so you say, so yours are like pretty young then. They're, um, you know, they're probably, uh, you know, some of them maybe even verging on uh, Gen Z, I suppose, if they're that young, but certainly millennials. I Probably technically they're, you know, they're all in their early 30s. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So they're millennials. But um, I discovered I actually do have two, I had two Gen Z because i didn't know when gen z started but actually you know early 20s that they're they're an entirely different generation so oh yeah but certainly the i mean and and look you know i guess you know millennial is a broad spectrum you know but um but um it seems to me that they very much enjoy inhabiting their characters and are very um uh, they're not embarrassed to to, to do it in any way, you know. <laughs> no, they are not. <laughs> so tell me a bit about that. About the, the 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 I don't know what you would call it. I suppose it's kind of acting in some way. Uh, I don't know. Like acting is just such a weird word because, like you said, like we're not void. No, none of them are using voices. Um, and. Yeah, you just you just kind of get into the moments, and I don't know. It's just sort of always the way we've played. I don't know if that's has to do with the way I I run games or what, but it's just kind of the way we've always played. Hmm. But I think there's a generational divide as well. Um, what I've found yeah. is that older gamers are a little bit more reluctant to do it than younger gamers. Um, and, you know, I, I think, again, going back to the old, you know, the old school, <laughs> it, it wasn't done in first person back then. It really wasn't. It was all done in third person. In fact, you know, the idea of having a caller who would tell right. the, the DM, the GM, what everyone in the party was doing, that seems utterly bizarre to me. That, like, what's everyone yeah. else doing? Right, right. No, I know. And I, I never... You know, I didn't play back. I started playing in like the mid '80s, mm. and by then, you know, my groups we were always in first person. Like we were playing Merp and Rollmaster and Marvel and Cyberpunk, 
Um, and yeah, it was just always in first person. That's just kind of the way I've always played. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that with the, okay, there's a whole bunch of things that I think have, have pushed players or, or, or made it more acceptable or okay mm-hmm. to do that now. So it's maybe not as much of a barrier, but, um, it's very interesting. I'm, um, I don't know if I people if if you if you picked up on it, but um, I'm about to go to a convention in a in a few hours. Right. Yeah. I think I did mention it on various uh, Discord yeah. uh, chats, yep. but um, it's Dundracon. So, um, and in fact, I did because I, I wanted to find out if you could come down because it's you know you are you are West Coast. It's not that. I far, know. But anyway, <laughs> no, I know. I know it's a long way. You're you're in Seattle. I I I, I think aren't you? So I lived yeah. in uh, I lived in Chico, California, for like seven years, and oh. I got a bunch of friends from the Bay Area. So I do have reason to go down there. Like it's right, not right. unheard of for me to be in the Bay Area. Yeah, well, maybe next year then. Eh? Yeah, <laughs> um, totally. But um, yeah, it's um, so I'm going to Dundracon um, in what in about four hours. Uh, okay. Um, and I'm um, for some reason they chose my game. I'm running two games, one today and one tomorrow. And they chose my games to run to run them in the teen room, in the teenage room. Whatever Interesting. The hell, whatever the hell okay. that is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I guess because I'm running a 5e game today, and tomorrow I'm running uh, a Mutant Crawl Classics game. And I don't know if you know MCC, but when you play a zero level funnel, you actually start as teenagers. And it says it, it's quite explicit in the in the description. So maybe they thought, oh, okay. Little do they know that I'm going to kill like um, right. that, endless numbers. Idea. Yeah, that's the whole idea of a funnel. You just <laughs> yeah. murder a bunch of player characters. <laughs> but anyway, um, so they asked me to run the team room. So I'm, I'm okay. wondering a couple of things. I'm wondering, ha- will any of these kids have played before and yes um, almost certainly uh and if so will they just naturally gravitate towards first person you know or will i have to i don't know do you uh, if you're sitting down with a group of players do you do you try and get them to do that or what do you do i mean do you i don't know if you play with like lots of different groups but I, I don't, but I'm I'm willing to bet that if there are teens that are going to a gaming convention, I would say the majority of them have some familiarity with Critical Role. Mm. So, and on Critical Role, they're always in first person. So, I have a feeling, I got a feeling that that's kind of the default mode nowadays. Mm. It it is the first person narrative and it's kind of the way like the books are written and stuff now they're written in a more personal vein like you are this wizard um so i don't know i think i think that'll be the default i'll be very curious to hear you know i imagine you'll do an episode yeah (laughs) recapping the con and i'll be very curious to know about that yeah i i'm i'm intrigued as well um I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to think. You know, there's no way a teen would go to a, a gaming convention if they hadn't ever, or at least knew what an RPG was. Why the hell would they go otherwise? I mean, right. The whole thing seems kind of weird to me. Anyway, that a teenager would go to one of these things unless their their parents had taken them or something. Um, it'd be really. I'm, I'm 5D curious. is huge, and Critical Role is are they're giants. So it doesn't super surprise me anymore. 
Mm, mm. Um, I want to talk more about APs, but I just want to yeah. talk briefly about Pathfinder. So okay. I, I've been having this um, uh, Facebook argument, which is always a good use of your time. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, someone, uh, someone who's obviously trying to get a rise out of people came onto the f- fifth edition Dungeon Masters uh, Facebook group and said, um, guys, tell me all the problems you see with 5th edition. <laughs> he was like, he's an obvious troll, is obvious. Um, <laughs> but um, got into a big kind of, everyone was like, actually people weren't really getting like vitriolic. They were just putting up the things that they thought were a bit problematic with the system, which is kind of fine. Yeah. Then he, he started um, uh, you know, going on about um, you know he he's more of a Pathfinder fan, mm-hmm. and and uh, and he was talking about how you know Pathfinder two is is going to start dominating and whatever, oh. and and oh. I was like, he was oh, wrong dude, about that, dude, dude. Look at the sales <laughs> figures, man. Look at the numbers, uh, man. Look at the numbers. The numbers are really not good for Pathfinder no. two, and I'm I'm wondering, you know, you know, where are we right now with Paizo? Are they, they because if you go on to and and the, I think this is the most relevant figure. There's loads of other figures you can look. You, you go on to Amazon and you look at the top RPG mm-hmm. books. The top 22 books are all Watsy mm-hmm. uh, Wizard of the Coast Fifth Edition Pathfinder yep. or the 21 Pathfinder Two Core Rulebook Number 22. Yep. So that must be very worrying for Paizo that their core rulebook of their new big game isn't even making the top 20. Um, and it's just been released like a few months ago. I mean, do you think this is, um, you know, like, is this going to be a problem for Paizo or are they, you know, do you think they can keep going with, with relatively modest sales like that, I guess? Well, like that's, you know, cause for a long time before 5e came out, I mean, not for a long time, but between mm. fourth edition and fifth edition, Paizo was number one. Yeah. Uh, and so they probably grew and stuff a bunch during that time, but ever since fifth of the day, yeah, I, I don't know. Like they don't, <laughs> for fairly obvious reasons, Paizo doesn't strongly associate themselves with us, <laughs> even though we're playing <laughs> their game. Uh, like, well, no, but why? No, no, I mean, you say that. Why? I mean, Be, because we we swear, we oh, drink, we talk oh. about sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Oh, oh. We we bring up flaws in the system okay. with the game a bunch. <laughs> like, I get it. I I fully understand, man. Like, that's all right. Okay, all right. I suppose so. But you know, like any publicity is good, surely. And uh... that, that's what that's what kind of the motto is in this day and age but i don't know if they feel the same way mm. Mm. Are, they, are they are they kind of like a wholesome a wholesome brand in your in your opinion then are they because they struck me as being a little bit edgy for you know compared to the mainstream no i mean i i've met some of those folks over there and they're all they're all very nice people uh wholesome might be a step too far but they're not <laughs> super far removed from wholesome like you know the the main guy jason bowman he talks about drinking scotch and stuff so like that's cool <laughs> uh, but like, i mean they 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 did the the we be goblins didn't they yeah Isn't yeah they, i mean they, put a, they also put pretty... out a, yeah they also put out an evil campaign uh Hell's Rebels or Hell's Vengeance. One of those is a good version. The other one is the evil campaign version of it. 
So like they're not straight lace. Like I don't want I me. Mean, I don't. Yeah, they are not like this straight lace uh, yeah. company. But at the same time, we are a little edgy for a lot of folks. Like there are a lot of people that have listened to our show and never li- like listened to the first episode, and never listened again. <laughs> like you can look at the drop off in our numbers from our first episode to our second, and then from our second to our third. Like. Yeah, we are not for everybody. And that that's cool. Mm. We knew that going in though. So can we talk about that a bit? And, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. Don't know how, I don't know how much tell me. Um, it's totally up to you, but um, I'm really curious, one, about how you built your audience, and two, you know, what kind of reach do you have? You know, it's it's totally up to you. You can tell sure. me as much or as little as you want. I'm just really fascinated because I don't know anything about podcasting um right as i told you i've only been doing it two months i'm starting to understand a little bit in the last few weeks and i'll and maybe i'll go into why i'm starting to understand a little mm-hmm. bit but but um why don't you tell me about your you know every, everything around that your your you know how, how you reach people really yeah so we you know we didn't know what we were doing when we started either none of us had any sort of experience with social i didn't even have a twitter account like half the group didn't have Twitter account. We don't, we didn't know anything. And so we knew we set up a Twitter account before we started, we set up our website mm. and then we just went. And I mean, the way we grew our audience is just word of mouth. It was Twitter, honestly. Um, it, it was just a, like <laughs> just getting our name out there just as much as we could. And then it just kind of, spread and we just passed uh yesterday or the day before we just passed thirty nine thousand total downloads wow yeah I, we're getting ready to record our 150th episode tomorrow like the first thing we record tomorrow is our 150th episode so like it's it's crazy that's amazing and and you know without any official kind of um recognition let's say from the publishers or any any public marketing or publicizing from them what's your what's your ambition around that who knows right like the dream is to get paid full-time to play role-playing games but like that's not gonna happen um so you know like right now we're we don't really have any big ambitions for it like it's it's self-sustaining right now find it from a financial perspective mm. so uh, it, you have it's, a patreon do you yeah we, we we have a patreon we set that up like a year or so into it and we've had some amazing amazing people join and it that's that's been a crazy experience because uh if you if you're at least a dollar a month uh, here's a little cheap self-promo for a buck a month, folks, you can come into our the Wheeler Woe Discord, dude, and it's 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 a weird place, but it's fun. <laughs> I guess you will attract, you will self-select your audience with the type of content you're putting out there, and uh, yeah, and it shows. You know, <laughs> it shows. You know, and, and they're probably the kind of people you want to talk to, so it's all cool. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I mean, one of our one of our patrons, we actually have one from the Seattle area, and they totally came to my birthday party last weekend. So, 
Oh, lovely, lovely. Yeah. So, 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 um, you know, the the financial side of it is, of mm-hmm. course, kind of interesting. You know, there's that, um, you know, there's that classic line. You know, make tens of dollars a month working. Oh, in yeah. the, in the gaming industry. Yeah, we we are. <laughs> we are making gaming, tens of dollars a month. Making tens of dollars a month. Um, so clearly, there's there's a huge delta, and 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 like in any pursuit. There's going to be the people at the top earning serious money, yes. and then there's going to be this huge gap down to every, pretty much everyone else, yeah, just kind yeah. Of, you know, making pennies. Um, yeah. Uh, so bridging that gap, I think, is is probably one of the hardest things you can try and do because it's it's like art. It's like being an artist. You know, there's thousands and millions, probably not millions, but hundreds of thousands of, of painters, uh, sculptors, um, poets, writers making no money from their art. Mm-hmm. And then there's a very, very small number who make an okay living out of it, probably not a great living. I actually um, studied art and I have a lot of friends who are artists um, uh, and, and like the most famous, in inverted commas, artist that I know. Um, he's a lot older than me. Um, he's a wonderful artist. He he they don't make. He doesn't make a lot of money. He does portraits right. of the royal family. Okay. Damn. <laughs> the British royal family. Okay. He is a well-known painter. Yes. Very very talented. He does not make a lot of money. Um, and and and. And and then that's crazy. It is crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. Like I sometimes I you know once once I actually you know he was actually kind of like a bit down on the, the the down on his luck and he was really trying to get people to buy some of his paintings and I and I loved his painting so I bought a painting off him and you know it's like my god if that's people mm. at that scale making mm-hmm. art right. Um, how, you know how even getting there is like that's like some kind of journey. Um, so, you know, it, at what point would you say, okay, uh, we're doing well, you know? Um, I mean, I, I, we are doing way better than my wildest imaginations. Mm. I never, when we first started this thing, we're like, man, if we get like a thousand downloads by the end of the year we'd be happy and we ended up hitting 20 by the by that time period 20,000 wow um, and so it's just <laughs> been it's been crazy and like i i we're doing that's what i'm that's what i mean like we're doing way better than i ever thought we would be doing yeah. so i i am like i i always strive to be better and that's that's one thing i want to ask you about is how much doing the ap's have actually changed your gming style but Uh, we can get to that we can get to that later yeah but yeah like um i i'm i'm happy with where we're at right now so um oh that's fascinating i we definitely should uh, let's put a pin in that and talk about that in a little bit yeah. So I, um. Yeah. So you hit twenty thousand. Um. You hit twenty thousand downloads, which is which, which, I think is amazing. And that was in your first, probably in less. Was it in less than a year? Yeah, it? less than a year. So at the end of the year, or no? So it took us a year. Sorry, it took us a year from August to August. It took us a year to hit twenty thousand. And then since August, we've gotten an additional nineteen. <laughs> like we've almost doubled what it took us a whole year to do we almost matched what it took us a whole year to do 
in like the past six months or so. So let's hope that trajectory continues because that would be great growth. I mean, you did say yourself on one of your messages that you kind of wish you were running a 5e podcast, but but you know what? I think there's so many of them that that they probably get a bit lost in the in the in the scrum you know yeah just using so, that hashtag though would be so nice mm-hmm. <laughs> you could hashtag. just use the hashtag just just that, use the hashtag that's cheating that's cheating <laughs> i see people do it i see you out there people i see some <laughs> folks do it that aren't playing 5e and i'm like you're cheating um yeah um, no i won't do that man because um i mean it Obviously, it's very hard to tell. Podcast numbers are notoriously hard to find out and to even get. And certainly from other podcasts, you you can't see it. But when you look at some YouTube actual plays, um, there were some that I was listening to that were actually pretty good and were really useful for me when I was prepping for my Masks of Nile Arthotep campaign. And and they were getting like 20 downloads (laughs) per episode. Right. It was like, wow. And they put all this effort in. And, you know, they had graphics and music and, you know, they put and they would, they had, you know, many, many episodes. And I was thinking, you know, if that's all I got, and and look, I'm kind of in that ballpark right now myself, because I need to start it. But if that's all I ever got was like 10, 20 downloads per episode, I, I would start getting a bit. I, you know, it would kind of make me want to stop doing it eventually. I think. I, I, I don't know. Do you think? Do you, do you, do you need the audience so, to to keep you doing it? I'll, I'll. The only reason if we started getting like super low numbers that we would stop doing it is because making an actual play podcast takes a lot of work. Mm. So it's not that we need that juice from knowing that people are listening to us. It's well, if nobody's listening to us, why the hell are we doing all this work? Why don't we just play normally? Um, So, yeah, like, I think we would probably, if, I mean, if everyone stopped listening, which would be totally (laughs) understandable, (laughs) man, we tricked him so far, but um, yeah, I think we would just stop because it, it takes a lot more work, you know? So, I'm going to do something that maybe is a little bit hmm, on the edge of of ethical <laughs> behavior here. Um, I'm, I might I may cut this afterwards, but let's see how this goes. Sure. So so you talked about does does running, uh, you know, does um, making an AP change the way you run the game? Now, you may know that I had a player very recently leave my game. Yes, I for, do for, for various reasons. For mm-hmm. reasons. So he sent me this message, and, and he said it's okay to share it with my group, and I'm, I'm going to read out just a tiny bit of it. And he said, another issue is we are being recorded. And while that sounded like fun, it slowly developed into a situation where our concept of the quality of the podcast has overridden the quality of our fun. In short, it affects how we play. It creates, like Kim said, um, a situation where we're being tested on how well we play. You give us a grade on how good or bad each playthrough was after we do so, and it's no longer about being organic. It's about following a certain protocol. Hmm. That now. Mm. I don't. I so I listen to your show. I listen to your APs. 
I listened to your session recaps and stuff. I never got the impression that you were giving your players grades. No, and 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 you're you're absolutely right. And I wasn't. I think um, in his head, um, I think he'd kind of created that a bit in his head because none of the other players felt that. And this Kim person he refers to, she never said that either. Um, and I wasn't giving them a grade. But put that aside, right? The fact that everyone felt, or he felt, that it somehow yes. changed the nature of what we were doing and it was affecting the game in some way. That's pretty interesting, I think. We, I mean, it, 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 it mechanically changes the way you play just from a base level. Uh, you have to have mic discipline, you know, like we mm. all have our own individual mics and so we want our show. That was one of the things we went into it when we first started. Like one of our goals was to sound as good as we possibly could with the zero knowledge we had and the, you know, little bit amount of money we could spend on equipment. We wanted to sound as good as possible, which is why I'm so mm. mortified by our third and fourth episode. <laughs> I was going to ask you about yeah. that. What yeah. happened? What happened? Just like with every podcast ever, just there's so much stuff going on when you're going to record and when you're brand new at this, you know, uh, sometimes things happen and it was, just, everything got recorded through like the computer mic basically Oh yeah, for a whole session. And so for it was either, or was it well, two episodes? Yeah, it was two episodes, which is like back then we were, yeah, that was, that was a session and a half basically. Wow. Oh God. You must've been so pissed off. Um, not as pissed off as I was when I discovered I didn't record the last hour of our climactic episode um, in New York. That was like Ouch. I actually wanted to. I actually wanted to, you know, shoot myself when I discovered that because, uh, yeah, that was like okay, that was a rookie mistake. That's like you're God. a rookie. We're rookies at this. We're rookies. There's nothing We're wrong rookies. with making rookie mistakes when you are a rookie. That's why they're called rookie mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> as yeah. long as you learn from them like that's the thing like we've tried to because every podcast <laughs> i talk to a lot of podcasts and mm. a lot of them have stories about oh my god i can't believe this whole thing got lost got destroyed i forgot to press record mm. all of that so it happens it's growing pains yeah it is it is um and so tell me a little bit about the process then. Once, so we, we've got the, the setup. You, everyone's got a mic. Uh, that's mm -hmm. clearly the best way to do it. But it's, it's just kind of like it's, you need the right kind of space for that. Like yes. I, I, I was looking at my – thinking about it, about it for my room, but it just makes me so awkward with all the – we've got quite a narrow room. And yeah. I don't know. It would just it – would, it would make playing the game harder because, like, you know, you know, you'd be able to roll very easily. And I don't know. Um, unless you get like like mic stands for everyone, and then then you're talking yeah. about lots of money. And... Oh yeah, like I I rearranged my whole living room every every Sunday. Oh god. Yeah, I totally rearranged the living room. I we have a pretty big open space, which isn't actually ideal for recording. Um, just like a big room kind mm. of thing. But yeah, and we just record in my living room and you can hear my roommate come in sometimes and like be messing <laughs> around in the kitchen and shit like. <laughs> well, that's so, nothing. That's nothing. Right. In the last episode, uh, last one we recorded, my daughter came in and actually took over running the game at the end. Yeah. <laughs> my three year old daughter. 
she oh. she actually made me leave the GM seat, sat in nice. it, and ran the game. <laughs> oh my god, that's adorable. <laughs> anyway, I'm yeah, but... yeah, that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so obviously the setup is really important because you know unless you've got a clean like sound, then there's nothing. You, I've realized there's nothing you can really do about it. I mean, right. yeah, you can do some stuff, but. Man, you, it, it, you, if you don't get a clean voice tracks, mm-hmm. then you're you're screwed. Really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, you, you know, when we were before we started recording, we would just play, get up whenever to go to the bathroom, eat while we're playing, all that stuff. But now that we record, we don't do that anymore. Like, you know, a bathroom breaks happen, obviously, but we don't eat on the mic. Uh, we make we do all that stuff beforehand or between, you know, because we'll record for we we keep track of how long we record and then we'll stop and take a break and then go again because we don't mm. just record one big long section and then break it up into chunks. That's the way some people do it, but we just never uh-huh. did it that way. So we record like each episode is pretty much how long we record for. Then we stop, take a break, do some stuff. And then go back to it again. And how much, what do you edit down from? You, your episodes are what, like an hour or so? They're, so right now that we've switched, because we, we for the first like 16 months, we were putting out two episodes a week. Mm. And then we finally came to our senses and we're like, that's crazy. This is unsustainable. And it was, it was, it was, it was unsustainable. And so we went down to one and so now our episodes are about hour and 20 hour and mm. a half long now. And the raw, the raw footage between like from the time we press play, cause then we'll talk for a long time and just kind of get into the zone, you know, mm. and then we'll, then we'll start. So that whole thing is usually around like two hours and 15 minutes or so. Oh, okay. So you're only you're only editing down, not even half. Um, oh, not under, yeah, no, no, no. Under half, you're cutting. That's interesting. Right. I've heard of groups that play for like six hours, and their episodes are one hour. They yeah. they cut that whole session down to like one hour, and I was like, to me, that's crazy. Like, if we're gonna put out a role play, we want you to see how we actually play. You know, we want it to feel like you're with us at the table, yeah. not just like the good bits. I mean, also, it's a massive amount of work to do that. Oh my god, I can't imagine from six hours to one hour. I can't. Yeah, I can't imagine because you're having to find all these different pieces and try and stitch them together in a way that makes sense narratively. And yeah, man, I don't know. I mean, one thing I've been pondering, and I don't know whether you. Um, do it now or or not it's just to cut out all the mechanical stuff all the dice rolling and all the but i don't know it just some of it feels really important you should have it some of it seems tedious my yeah i i I recommend not cutting out all of it we've definitely toned back on that stuff when we first started all of that shit made it in um we've now cut like especially now that we're high levels you know, uh, Woody's character, Sabooks, he's rolling like 12 D six, 12 D 10 on some of his spells. So like we won't, we'll cut out that part where he's counting that up because nobody needs to listen to that. Nobody wants to listen to that. No. Yeah. And it's not important or anything. So like that stuff gets taken out, but 
mostly like you people like it like the thing with actual plays that I'm people like that they're listening to it for to learn about the game too mm. of course and especially a pathfinder 2 like mm-hmm. a new game you, it's kind of on you a bit to help teach people how how it works i suppose yeah, we did that for a little bit <laughs> <laughs> we did do that for a little bit. It's a big um, book, are you There's telling me you don't play there. rules as written? There's a lot of rules in there. I don't know if you see that book. It's no, like six hundred pages long, man. Oh man. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. So um, uh, that's another yeah. reason why Paizo doesn't associate themselves too strongly with us. I imagine. So. <laughs> You know, there is a big criticism leveled at, at Critical Role that they're not ro- they're not playing a game. They're just kind of using it as a setting, as a framework for their for their um, voice acting play, their their drama. Ooh, I actually um, haven't heard that before. Yeah, okay, that's yeah, an interesting I, argument. I've heard that you know when people refer to them as um, the most famous gamers, people kind of react to it. So they're not gamers; they're not actually gaming. They're they're that it's scripted, even though it's not scripted. I think it's I think it is Im- hot, hot, completely improvised. But it's kind of like people say it's just they're just acting; they're acting out the role. They're not really playing it as as a game, which is interesting. That's yeah. I don't know. I don't know that pe- we do use the rules, uh, spe- like for combat and stuff, especially when it's outside of combat and just some other like social roles and stuff. I- I'll get a little more lax with the rules, but when combat happens, especially now that we're up there in levels, like shit is deadly. So I don't want to accidentally kill a player because I got a rule wrong. So mm. I I do my best. If I kill a player, that like that's just how things go. But I don't want to do it on accident or by yeah. mistake. Well, I always have a saying. You know, I never kill the players. The dice kill yes, the players. Exactly. The dice kill the players. Exactly. They don't see it that way. No player <laughs> ever sees it that way. Yeah. <laughs> um, man. Um, and when you're okay, so this is fascinating. When when you're doing an AP, it's a huge decision if you're going to kill a character. You've been saying player the whole time, and of course, we all know you don't actually kill your players. At least I hope you don't. But <laughs> the, the character, not yet. <laughs> um, it's a huge decision if you're going to kill a character, isn't it? Much bigger so, than really than when you if you're just playing without doing an AP. For me, it's I roll all my rolls in front of them. So it's not a decision for me. I don't decide. Mm. Like I literally have no agency in it other than the monsters I put in front of them. Once the fight starts, it's out of my hands. So you never fudge a roll? Ever, never. Oh my God. A purist, a purist, a hardcore purist. It's, it's, I'll I'll put it out there. I don't don't want (laughs) to... get people fired up on your show but i think it's cheating i i absolutely if if players can't do it then the dm shouldn't do it either i'm putting it out there on front street this is this is mine not andy's opinion folks man well (laughs) we need to i think we need to do another episode purely about that i mean that is a huge topic Uh, and we can't Mm -hmm. i don't think we've got time to go into it now but um i really don't agree with you my friend i really don't agree but let's let's park that let's not get into um 
a religious war on this. You right. know, there's enough religious wars out there <laughs> without starting another one. But um, no, that's fascinating. That's fascinating. So have you? I apologize. You know, I've only listened to maybe the first. Um, no, you're you know, half you're dozen. fine. Yeah, um, yeah, have yeah. you? How many characters have you killed then? In oh, have died in 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 so far zero. Oh, okay. So you've never had to face that then. That's interesting. It's been real dicey, like literally dicey. Where if the dice went a bad way, there was a there was a fight they had a few sessions back a few episodes back against a grave knight and there was almost a team two of the three party members were down mm. the third member had maybe a handful of hit points left and it came down to the final rolls and if that if they would have gone badly that they would have all been dead wow they would have all and then been what would have happened to your campaign who knows <laughs> who goddamn knows like it's that whole schrodinger's campaign thing like wow we we have to figure it out and that's what i was thinking i was like oh my god we're gonna have to figure this shit out because they're all gonna die right now wow and that, I, that it must was, have been a bit scary for you then in a way it was like, nerve-wracking <laughs> yeah absolutely there goes my ap you know because i mean you could i suppose just create new characters and at the same level and pick up but that would be just be weird narrative that would be too weird narratively i yeah i I don't think with the way like our i i just don't think it would work i don't think yeah we'd have to we'd have to we could start over in the same world you know but we we couldn't pick up the exact same storyline i don't think Mm. and then all that work kind of I, I don't know how, how far ahead do you write zero zero the session so, the session ahead is as far as i plan okay so you but you must have some vague idea of where it's going no i so i i know the world i know what the people in the world want and what they're doing uh but i don't know what's going to happen as far as like because i don't ever know where my players are going to go like the fact that they're going to the Arctic now, um, I threw that out in front of them months ago in real time, and they seem completely disinterested in that. And I was like, okay, all right, that off, like no big deal. Uh, and now they're here. Yeah, yeah. I um, in in my D and D campaign, which I didn't do an AP of, um, my players ended up in the Arctic. It's really fun doing very cold environments. Mm-hmm. It's so different. Um, uh, but let's not get into that. That's uh, no one wants to hear about my old campaign. Right. But, um, <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's fascinating. And one of the things that I find really annoying about listening to actual plays is that it's obvious, almost always, that the GM is protecting the players from death. In almost all of them, you very rarely, you know, whenever a player dies, and and maybe I'm kind of playing back into my you know, my way of running it. And so I'm kind of criticizing myself. It has to be this big dramatic moment. And it's like, everything's building up to that. But generally players, characters don't die. And you're thinking that character should have died then. And the player just kind of, you know, um, just airbrushed over, (laughs) airbrushed it over. And, and I, I, I find myself getting kind of almost annoyed. It's like, no, we want to hear death, but I understand why they don't do it. And that's why I don't fudge my roles. Mm. 
because the drama is death is on the line at any that fight where they almost got TPK'd was just this basically a random encounter. This little side thing that they're like, oh, let's go off and explore this thing. Uh, it wasn't a boss fight. I didn't think they'd really have any problem with it. And it <laughs> kicked the shit out of them. <laughs> and you know, and like, oh, you, no. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of a lot of people that write about games and blog and podcasts and, you know, theorize around it who say, actually, you know what? You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't kill your players during a random encounter nah. because then where's the drama? But but I, I think you've explained very well where the drama is. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 and I think, um, I, I don't think it's absolutely right or absolutely wrong to do that. I think that it depends on how the players will react afterwards. If they felt that we did all of that stuff and then you killed me with a random frigging encounter um and they feel like they've been kind of betrayed in some way or let down i think then it's a problem but it depends it's all about the player's reaction and the how you present it to them i think i've tpk them before on random account like it wouldn't be <laughs> like random <laughs> encounters are kind of the bane of their existence whenever they go like and do a side mission so many times they've just gotten wiped out and it's like oh, shit <laughs> sorry dudes <laughs> But you know what you're telling them is there are consequences for their actions and 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 that it is a dangerous world and I think that makes a very dramatic kind of game. I think if players know that their characters are kind of insulated mm-hmm. then it's it takes something away from the game for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, plot armor is the worst. Mm. That's why time travel is always tricky in campaigns. <laughs> yeah. Oh <laughs> one, god, let's one of the myriad that. reasons. No, no. <laughs> That's another episode. Yeah, okay, that's number three. Mm-hmm. Um, so so here is my interesting, um, I guess, counterpoint or yeah. proposal, let's say, because as you know, I'm running Master of Nihilathotep. Yeah. Now, lethal. That. Lethal. Lethal, very mm-hmm. lethal, but very scripted in some way. Yes right. and no, because you can actually go anywhere yes. as long as it's one of these five places. <laughs> right, <laughs> kind of. right. And, and actually, it's kind of fractal. So you can either go to one of these five continents, um, and then when you go to England, you can go to one of these five areas of England or mm-hmm. Australia. So, so it does have some choice, definitely. And, and I think if you... You know, right at this point, if you the next few episodes that come out are, are very, very much improvised, um, so you can improvise within within the tight framework of the narrative. But in the end, you've got to keep them moving along this narrative yeah. because you've, you've got a big end game in mind. Um, so, you know, for me, the idea of killing of if any of the characters dying, which is very, very likely, of course, yes. Um, Though slightly it's... less likely that you're switching mm. to Paul Cthulhu. I really <laughs> like that choice, man. Yeah. It's a great, great choice. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. Um, and I'm, I've, got so, I've, I, I've got this really fun idea of how we switch. So we're actually going to switch as part of the game, inside oh, cool. the game. Nice. We're not just going to say, fun. okay, now we're playing Pulp. Something's going right. to happen. That's going to turn their characters into pulp characters. Ah, cool! I like yeah, that, dude. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not going to say what because it's. Right. Uh, we're very close to it, but I don't want my, my players to to kind of 
um, hear hear about it. Well, this um, probably won't. Well, I don't know. I don't know when this. I'll, I'll probably wait. Out. I'll probably wait until. Um, not that they they do apparently do listen to my podcast, but I, they do for sure. They do. They're players. They will. They will. <laughs> they want to get anything they can. Uh-huh. <laughs> Any Especially of when you're playing something like masks, man. Like yeah. I'd be, I'd be listening. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I think I've been pretty, um, pretty, been pretty tight lipped, but I'm, yeah. I'm sure there's nuggets in there. Yeah, probably. I'm sure there's some nuggets in there somewhere. If I was a player, but anyway, sorry. But 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 here's the problem. Like, yeah, because they're on this very powerful narrative kind of momentum. If mm-hmm. any of the characters die, let's say. It, Okay, I think you could lose the odd character here and there quite easily. But let's say there is a TPK, which can easily, easily happen. Even in pulp, it right. could happen. If they if they go up against something big, it could happen. Um, although there is a mechanic that allows them to escape death if they have yeah. 30 or more luck points. So, okay, but that, they can only do that once. It, it can still happen, though. It, like, it can it's still, still happen. It's on the table, yeah. You know? Then what the hell do you do? I, I guess it's the same as your campaign because you have this very strong narrative kind of drive created by the players, by the characters. You can't just swap in a bunch of new ones because it just wouldn't kind of make any sense. Exactly. So, so, so I, I've got to be very thoughtful about how, how and when and if I do it. I, I don't want it to just be some random event. Um, I mean, there's a couple of times when they really could have died. They got a bit lucky. There's a, something that's just happened. One of the players um, has been captured by a snake, a serpent person. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And, and the serpent people are very dangerous. Right. In a one-on-one situation, even in a one-on-four situation, they're very dangerous because they can control your mind. Right. So she's been mind controlled. She is she's manacled in this serpent person's basement, where essentially she captures people and ties them up, and then kind of in her leisure, she just kind of kills and eats them. <laughs> so she's facing a pretty tricky situation. <laughs> but I'm thinking, and now I'm thinking, so she's totally at my mercy. This is a very interesting situation. There's no dice rolls now. This is pure narrative. Because there's also a reason why the serpent person might want to keep her alive. Um, because this serpent person wants a, a fresh, a ready and fresh supply of of, of humans to eat. Um, right. And if she's captured someone who she knows is quite powerful, gets her under mind control, maybe she can be her, you know, her, you know, go out, find me, bring a friend back. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll eat them and that's what she does actually in the in the scenario that's how this character is set up is that she kind of wants to do that so i've got to decide you know do i just eat do i just get her to eat this player character or do i get her to do all this kind of gruesome like jack the ripperish stuff it's kind of and it's a decision it's not a dice roll and i i, I haven't decided yet it's um it's an interesting moment in a way are are you curious as to what I? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yes, of course. So <laughs> it's like, especially like they're going to, this is going to happen after this comes out. Right. So yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. So what I would, what I would, cause that's a tricky situation, right? There's no escape mind controlling a player character is a bummer. Mm. Um, so I would, I would reach out to that person and be like, Hey, do you want to be like a secret snake person? 
Because mm. does does the character know kind of that they're on the lookout for this like crazy mythos items and stuff? Um, yeah, they they basically. So would like the snake person be able to get that information out of her? Yeah, yeah, definitely because mm-hmm. um, she's had encounters. She's she's had a personal encounter with a mythos deity, and she's been altered by it. So she, the serpent person can smell it on her. Yeah, you could make her a secret serpent person if she was into it. And just, like, kill her off screen, basically. <laughs> and then bring her back as a serpent. I don't know. That's tough. I don't know. I, don't I mean, know. yeah, there's that whole... I hadn't even thought about that. The whole betrayal angle would be very interesting. Mm-hmm. I mean, the thing is, we're right at the moment where it's all happening. So another player character is now rushing down the stairs to try and find her. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah, so, so it, it's, it's, all, it's all literally about oh, to happen. And it hasn't oh. played out yet, you see. This is what I'm saying. Got it. So th- she's got, like, imminent rescue coming. Possibly. Right. But I could easily, it could easily happen where this guy doesn't find her because she's been taken down into the secret basement and she's made some noise, but, you know, maybe he won't be able to find her and that may be down to a dice roll. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, that's so, a... Sp- spot hidden or an investigation check or exactly so probably. so that's a little bit up to the gods but right. um, but then um if if he goes down he he's probably gonna get mind controlled as well <laughs> because yeah. these serpent people they can keep casting this spell they're, yeah. they're really powerful they can and they've got all these different ways they can control you like in the moment they can play be much more insidious and just kind of bend you to their will over in a much longer period so you just want to do stuff for them they're very um very dangerous foes um the fact that she in her guise she was this little old lady with with her knitting basket made it mm-hmm. all the more delectable (laughs) (laughs) and they were all loving her they were oh this cute cute sweet little old lady and and then (laughs) i really i really got them i really got them hook line and sinker it was nice i do i do want to real quick just stand up for all the dms out there and say when a tpk happens it's usually the player's fault. <laughs> DMs get all the blame for it, but it's usually the party's fault. Man, yeah, yeah. No, it is. And I think that if you're a good DM, you need to let them know what the stakes are. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I, think, I think if you just spring it on them with no warning, I think it's your fault. Yes, I think you kind of. Um, and it's interesting, even in the. In the Cthulhu rulebook, even in the in the core rulebook, not the pulp, it actually gives you these examples of like it says, "You look, if you go down into the basement where there's a shoggoth, you're going to die. Mm-hmm. You know, your characters are all going to die." So it's it actually says, "But give them warnings. Give them two or three like kind of fairly big kind yep. of indications that something too pretty subtle. bad." Right. Yeah, there's something really bad is in that basement. And then if they still go down, that's their choice. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, player choice. That's what it's all about. Yeah. That's so, why, yeah, that's mm. a different conversation. We'll, t- we'll talk more about that in our episode <laughs> about fudge and dice rolls. Yeah, oh boy, yeah. I, we've really got to. So, look, I think we've um, been around some really, really cool topics there. I, um, I think. The other thing, just to, just to close, you know, yeah. you talked about being um, being brave and putting our plays out there to be seen by 
by also by the anchor community. We haven't really talked at all about the anchor community. I, I just know, they're like going to be finish. mad. They're going to be uh, mad. <laughs> why? Why? Because <laughs> we haven't talked about them yet. Oh, okay. Okay. So let's talk about them because that's how we met. Um, yes. I, I feel incredibly privileged to, or, or lucky, I suppose, to have found it. And I, and it's all down to actually, if I trace it back, it's all down to the Grognard files. Okay. Grognard files told me about Roleplay Rescue. Um, nice. I listened to Roleplay Rescue in August last year. I actually remember exactly where I was. I was, I was running. I was on a run. I was doing okay. a morning run. In, um, it was in Palm Springs. It was boiling hot. Yeah, uh, as Palm Springs gets. Because it's August. <laughs> I don't know what the hell I was thinking. Uh, and I was listening to Che Webster. And, um, and then I suddenly discovered this whole thing. And, and uh, Amazing. And you know... How wonderful it is! I mean, I mean yeah. a couple of things. I'm curious why why did you start doing a second podcast on Anchor when you already have this this kind of big, much much bigger, I think, kind of audience elsewhere. Oh yeah, m- much 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 bigger. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, like you, I found the Anchor and the Audio Dungeon community through another podcast through um, the Dice Are Screaming. I, I listened to those guys because they're on Twitter where it, it running in similar circles so i came across them on twitter and a lot of the you know a lot of the shows in the anchor community aren't out there on twitter so that's that's how i found it and then i just heard all these people calling in and i was like what the hell is this thing and then i, I discovered it in august as well or right at the end of uh july and so when i heard about rpg a day month where you know you put out a podcast mm. every day for the month of august so i was like Dude, this anchor thing seems cool. I love the fact that you can call in and leave messages. Mm. And I want people to be able to do that for me. I think that'd be really fun. And originally I was like, I'm going to talk about like the show and do recaps on the show. But then I was like, that's too much work, dude. I'm just not going to do that. Um, (laughs) So I just did RPG a day and just kind of went for it from there. Yeah. Um, And for me, it took me months before I had the courage well, first of all, it took me a, quite a while to have the courage to to even leave a, a message. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're just yeah. like, what, my voice on right. someone's podcast? God, no. <laughs> um, which is funny because I am a very talkative person. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. A, I actually do quite a lot of public speaking in, for my job. Um, so I'm very used to talking at people, but somehow podcasts because i listen to tons and tons of podcasts and i always think that's the proper people in the profession <laughs> or the hobby and i'm just yeah. some moron um who the hell you know and i don't really know enough about games to do a podcast so why would i do one um so it took me ages to draw, draw up the courage um and then it took me another age to even to, to think about putting out uh, um, my own. And and then suddenly I so, thought, you know, yeah, sorry, what made on. you cross the line to go to putting out an actual in, in AP in actual play? So that yeah, I was about to get onto that. Um, so I I can't remember exactly. Well, okay, okay. So the order was I I thought I want to be part of this community, so I'll leave it. And then that, I actually I, I feel like I have some things to talk about yeah i I figured i'll figure this you know i I have a little drive every morning to get to the station so i'll i'll just record like 
10, 10 minutes like every now and again to talking about how I got back into gaming and it'll be this silly little thing. Um, and then, um, and then, and I thought, well, I love APs as well. We're running a game. I want to see how that goes as well. But I was very nervous of doing it on Anchor because I thought, well, no one's doing it. And I think Spike Pitt had maybe done a couple at that Yeah, point. he's put out a few episodes for sure. Um, but but mainly on his Patreon. I don't think they were mainly... So I was thinking, is it okay to do one? Um, but I think since then, quite a few people have started doing it and it's kind of cool. I like the fact that people are doing it. Now, I don't feel quite as... Like, like I'm breaking the rules. <laughs> the rules, man. <laughs> but look, we, we can joke about that, but every community, whether explicitly or implicitly, has a set of rules by which people um, understand in order to interact mm-hmm. without causing conflict. That is human interaction. Yes. Yes. So we don't have any written down rules, but there are kind of rules, whether we want to admit it or not. Yeah, and I just tend to not always, you know, I've <laughs> just always been uh, kind of that way. But no, like you, like you said, more people are doing it. I don't think there was ever anything wrong with it. I just don't think people were doing it really. But like you started doing it and then Purple Worms doing it. Uh, Dave himself put out one. Like there's more and more out there. Yeah. Uh, and I think I it's think- great. I think part of the problem is the format is a little bit, it's a bit long for Anchor. Anchor has this sort of like 20 to 30 minute sweet spot, you know? Yeah. Um, because it's, it's solo, because it's not, doesn't tend to be like what we're doing now, which is interviews. And I think, one, to talk for, on your own for more than that length of time is hard and is also yes. kind of bo- a bit boring to listen to maybe. So, mm-hmm. so it creates this sort of... Um, it naturally has this format, which is a bit different from a, a mainstream gaming podcast, which is why I, I think it's it's a little bit, you know, it's a little bit trickier to release actual plays that way. Well, Anchor, I, I think part of this new, you know, the more people doing is like everyone's realizing no one actually listens to podcasts on Anchor because it's a terrible platform for listening. Yeah. So it's great for recording and it's great for this community building but as far as a listening experience goes it's garbage yeah uh so everyone just realizes oh it doesn't matter if we put out longer ones we because no one's using anchor for it anyway true it's true um although as i said kind of right at the beginning i'm starting to learn a little bit about um about yeah about social media and marketing yeah let's talk about Um, that a little bit because um, just to kind of circle all the way back, mm-hmm. so if you've been paying attention, I have had a few, let's say, controversial episodes recently. <laughs> uh, maybe where the title's a little bit provocative, possibly. Um, sure, sure, <laughs> sure, sure. No, and... I don't. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they were, but yeah, no, other people but, did. You know, you know, and. Um, and they have been by far, by, by a factor of sometimes three times. And in fact, with the most recent one, like four times or even five times as many downloads as any of my other, as, as most of my other episodes. And I've realized that there is a art <laughs> to, to getting listeners. 
and I'm only just starting to understand it. And I don't want to become the frigging, um, what's it called? Um, uh, uh, oh, what's that? Ah, what's that stupid what? website? That, uh, yeah, the, the, but, no, but what's the class? What's the very big website that does all the clickbait articles that um, I don't, um, you know, that oh god, I can't remember what it's called. Um, but you know, that they've perfected the art of creating a, a click clickbait titles, basically. Right, you know, you won't believe what happened when da 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 da, and um, yeah, seven ways to blah 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 blah. blah. Um, uh, so, but in my own small way, I realized that depending on how, where you put it, how you frame it, what the title is, um, you can dramatically change your audience uh, and, and attract different kinds. Now, I don't know necessarily whether this, they are a good audience members. In, in other words, whether they're going to stick with you. Mm-hmm. But it's certainly something um, that's giving me a lot of like in, insight into how to build an audience in some way. It, it's been fascinating. I've learned a ton about marketing since we started our show, like a ton. You know, like I said, I didn't even have a Twitter account before we started this. And now I do. And, you know, it helps promote the show. And I've learned a lot about social media, at least Twitter. So like social media is this big grandiose. I don't know shit about Instagram or youtube or tiktok or any of that stuff i know twitter Mm. and um yeah it's it's been a it's been a really interesting learning experience yeah um i don't even use twitter i i I do have a twitter account i've had it for years i just never use it uh i just do it all on facebook um and, and i probably should start thinking about about creating an actual separate twitter account with um with that content because it's it'll get you know when you use your own personal account it's all a bit the audience is weird because it's like a whole bunch of people have no interest yeah in in your gaming stuff uh you know it's it's actually kind of in a way my professional twitter account so it's a bit dumb really (laughs) it'd be like putting it on linkedin or something which i wouldn't do but maybe i should i've got got more followers there than i've got anywhere else that would be kind of weird um (laughs) Yeah, I think about whether or not to put it, you know, I'm looking for a job, whether or not to put, like, you know, runs a podcast on my resume. But I'm not oh, going to, because mm, I don't I, want potential employers necessarily listening to the show. No, that's <laughs> it. But but in itself, I think it's a great thing to, to have done. It, it It's it's giving me all these new skills. Like, mm-hmm. I honestly, I didn't know how to edit audio before two months ago. I had never done it before. Yeah, I still don't. I don't actually no, do well. the actual <laughs> editing. Oh, okay, okay. Well, look, I, I don't claim to know how to do it either, but right. Um, but I, but I'm I'm learning how, and maybe I'm I'll get better at it one day. But um, uh, you know, learning how to record into a mic. I mean, how to actually record talk properly into a microphone mm-hmm. in itself. That's I, again, I don't know if I do that properly either, but. Um, no, there's a bunch of skills um, associated with it, and I think also the fact that you you are disciplined enough to keep doing it that's pretty admirable. Yeah, like we love it. Like we we're we'd be playing anyway. So now that we're starting, now that we started this, and that there are people that are actually enjoying it, we figure since we'd be playing anyway, we might as well keep recording it. So. I wanted to ask this question earlier. Mm-hmm. 
Um, do you think now, okay, I, I know you've kind of answered this, but I'd like you to think about it again. Um, do you think now you and your and your players are kind of, you're playing to make the podcast or is the podcast just a um, side, you know, a side effect of, of playing your game? Oh, the, the podcast is 100% side effects. Like, okay. honestly, th- we've, yeah, we are, this is just how we play. This is, yeah, like our show is us. So hmm. it, our podcast, yeah, like that's the thing. Like it doesn't really, it doesn't even really matter what game we'd be playing. Like the show would still be the show. But it 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 just changes for us. It changes like the rituals around the game. You know, every every group has their own rituals and stuff when coming to the table, um, and it, it has changed ours. And you know, we play in a much more in a you know more like kind time constrained style than we used to. We it used to be much more like free flowing. Like I was saying, we'd get up whenever and eat and go to the bathroom and stuff. And now we don't do that just because it's more efficient not to. But once we're playing, that's just, yeah, that's just how it would, uh, that's how it would be whether the mics are there or not. Cool. Well, look, I, um, I, I, it's been a fantastic conversation. I think we've kind of gone around every into every nook and cranny possible around making a, an actual play yeah we've um, t- <laughs> yes i think we've, and we've circled back that. several yeah. times yeah <laughs> but um but no uh joe i just want to thank you so much um it's it's been an absolute pleasure and i definitely think we should do this again i think we definitely need to talk about that fudging the dice rolls uh, <laughs> and about that whole thing that needs that, that needs its own attention but yeah thank you so much for joining andy thank you so much for inviting me like this was this was great and i really do man i hope we talk again sometime i hope we hang out sometime yeah uh, it well. was rad getting to meet dave when dave came to seattle if you ever come up here for business i don't know if you ever travel uh work. yeah um not in a while but but my wife has a brother that lives in seattle so oh sweet we, dude we, we will have to go there at some point nice <laughs> so, nice we'll, so let's definitely do that and um, look i i'm uh, always a big fan of hindsightless i listen to all your episodes um i'm slowly working my way through wheel of woe I'd, I'd love to hear the point at which um you you know things change up a bit and because i think you said that you started doing more production or you got more kind of like music and things so like that, I, where are you right now do you remember? oh i'm only on about episode seven i think you could just if you just skip to chapter or to book two really yeah all the way so you'd be missing a lot of stuff uh but not enough where you would understand what's going on in the world and the show like it's it that's when we like started sort of figuring some stuff out i feel like okay um, I'd love but to those other that. episodes are great because <laughs> <laughs> I, I realized we didn't talk at all about music ah anyway because i think music that's a huge that's a really interesting topic and you'll have to save that for for another time eh yeah yeah okay all right well look have a great day i'm about to go and have fun at the con dude that's yeah. gonna be rad and um yeah i'm actually i'm, I'm already recording the episode for that i started very early this morning with <laughs> my little 
um, uh, a convention diary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. All right, so I'm excited keep for, an that. Out for that. That'll probably come out way before this. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, have fun, man. I'll talk to you okay. soon. See okay. See you, man. Bye. Okay. Bye. It's a game we're role playing. I'm a stranger and you're making mistakes. I've done mistakes.